are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. He's your boy Q from Locked On Raiders. We've got an exciting show to get down to you to end your week to get a lot of things off your chest because there's so much that's happened. It's the second week of free agency. We're going to get into free agency in the second segment, but there's an element of free agency. This is a little team specific, but considering the players involved, I think this is a point of national concern here, uh, Q. And we've now seen two reports with the Baltimore Ravens where they have offered Good receivers on the open free agency market, good deals, and it's supposedly more money. And those receivers have turned down that money to go back to their old teams. And of course, I'm talking about the reports on Juju Smith-Schuster from the Steelers and T.Y. Hilton from the Colts. And Q, this is a little bizarre to me. I know agents like to play the game where they say, where they they kind of create right. the, the noise themselves, Q. I'm sorry, two different guys from two different organizations saying the same thing that starts to ring out to me that something else is going on here. Well, you know, it's funny. I was surprised that those two guys were available as long as they were. I really yeah. were. I, I thought that Juju would be off the market pretty quick. And then I looked up and saw T.Y. Hilton available. I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. That dude could still play, man. It's not like he's some bum. So I was kind of shocked that they were still available as long as they were. And then, like you said, they decided to return to their teams on one-year deals. And that's cool. And there's multiple reasons why they could do that. But I do think that there's a little bit of concern that, you know, guys around the league are looking around and seeing Baltimore and seeing what they do well. And that's run the ball. And, and they do run the ball really well. And they got a plethora of running backs. You know, they just added J.K. Dobbins in the draft last year. And I thought that that dude was an absolute stud. He is. But they, I mean, they have a lot of running game and their passing game just doesn't seem to be that great unless you're a tight end. So maybe these guys who are saying, hey, I'm only going to take a one year deal to begin with. Maybe I don't need to be at that location if I'm trying to have a contract year. I'm trying to put up some big numbers so I can get paid, you know, somewhere else. And maybe that's not the location for him. Now, that doesn't have to be the exact answer, the, the, the right answer, but it could be part of the equation, if that makes any sense. No, that absolutely rings true, because the other thing here is that if I'm an NFL free agent this year, especially when without if I'm someone who knows that next year I will be still very valuable. If, I, if I'm not 32 right now you know, and I'm looking to get a mega, mega payday next year, I know that next year the, the salary cap will skyrocket. It's going like right now it's 182 million because of COVID and all this other right, stuff. And right. whether or not the owners are just shortchanging the players, that's a whole other discussion on top of this. But Next year, I mean, I've seen estimates that the salary cap could boom to $210 million. If that's the case, if I'm a receiver, I think, look, I find wherever I can be the most marketable in 2022 so that next year when someone's handing out just a $50 million a year contract, that would never happen. But, right. I'm, saying, but I'm saying like someone just handing out cash like that, yeah, I want to be there for that. And maybe you're right. Maybe they're saying Baltimore's not the best place to do that because part of what needs to happen is stats, and the stats might not come to a wide receiver there. Well, I mean, think about this. If you're Juju, would you rather go play with Big Ben and you know that uh, Big Ben is going to throw the ball around the yard 50 times a game and give you many opportunities, and you feel like this is probably going to be Big Ben's last year in the league anyway, so the Steelers are going to go for everything they got? 
or do you want to go and be just one of the keys to the cog that goes in Baltimore and you might get the ball in your direction a few times a game? I think just economic sense makes more sense for Juju to go back. Oh, and by the way, you're going to a team that knows how to use you and knows what you can do and they're already comfortable with you. So for his stats alone, plus his opportunity to get it to the playoffs and make a deep run, I think he's more comfortable. T.Y. Hilton, I-, I could say the same thing. I could say the same thing about, you know, it's like, hey, this could be a good location. But then again, it might not be a good location. And if I'm trying to pad my pockets one more time, I want to at least have a contract year. Guys play harder. It's, it's a f- known fact. Guys play harder and really show out in contract years. So if you're going to have a contract year, would you want to do it in Baltimore or somewhere where you're familiar? I got a guy that calls my radio show every day and says, dude, dude. And that's how he says it. He says, Lamar Jackson doesn't have a fastball. He doesn't have a fastball where you know he's going to get it over the plate and throw strikes all the time. He has, you know, he has uh, issues sometimes when it comes to getting the ball around the plate. And I like how he makes it in baseball terms because you can kind of understand it a little better. And he said, Mm -hmm. if you were, and he asked me, Q, if you're a big time wide receiver, would you go there and think that you're going to get volume catches? And I don't want to lie. And I, nah, probably not. Now, if I was a running back, I'd be all there. I'd be good to go. Or if I was a tight end, I'd go there too. But the wide receiver position might not be the sexiest spot if you're in Baltimore. The only thing that I would say to that is that Juju's play style would fit in Baltimore because right. he's a slot receiver. Yeah. He's, he gets open over the middle. He does combat catches. I think the biggest things that Baltimore has is that their two best play, their two best options for him, for Lamar Jackson to throw to Marquise Brown, not a combat catch guy. He Ball needs did. separate, right. He needs, he needs the, he needs speed. He needs everything to work for him. He hasn't, he hasn't turned into his cousin, Antonio Brown no. and Mark Andrews is a drop captain. And I, I got into an argument with this, with a guy, with a local guy in Pittsburgh saying like, cause he said, Oh, Juju would be the third best receiving option on the Ravens. If he went there. And I'm like, no, he wouldn't. I don't know what you're looking at. Like, look at the drop rates. They're just right, insane. Right. Uh, you know, compared to Juju. So I, I think that with Juju and T.Y. both probably looked at it and said, yeah, you know what? Let me go. Now the only thing with T.Y. is he's going back to a new quarterback that he doesn't know anything about New quarterback, same system. Same system. Now, it's funny, Juju's in the opposite end, same quarterback, yeah. new system. Right, uh, so, right. But, but I, that, that's why I thought this would be an interesting first topic to discuss because these are two guys, two different situations, right. and they both said no to the Ravens as far as playing their wide receiver. Um, and, and that's that's got to stay, and especially because the Ravens even made it public. Like Marlon Humphrey went on Juju's Twitter account and was like, hey, man, I left you voicemails. I DM'd you. You didn't respond. And it's like, I love you. I respect you as a player because we go up against each other every year. But, man, like, that hurts that you turned us down. And Juju's like, hey, man, like, you weren't the only Raven who was contacting me. But I had to go. I had to go where I had to go. So it's very interesting that see that's happening, especially with Lamar Jackson. Yes, he isn't the guy that has the quote-unquote fastball, but he's an NFL MVP quarterback. Yeah, he is with his legs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if he, okay, let me ask you this. If he didn't do what he did with his legs, if he was a pocket passer, would he have been a league MVP? No. Okay. Absolutely not. And so the thing about it is, and this is another guy, and I know that he's not the end-all be-all, and he's not the best wide receiver in the league anymore. Matter of fact, he'll be lucky if he's on a team this year. But even Des Bryant came out and said, Baltimore is not a fit for me. It's not a place that I would want to go. It's just, it, I could tell when I got there, that wasn't going to be a good place for me. Even though he was blessed to have any opportunity because he's older and coming off of a, a major injury, 
But even he realized as a wide receiver, like, yeah, this is not really the spot for me. They don't really fit to what I want to do, which is catch the ball, you know, and make some plays. And, you know, if he gets a couple here and there, great. But I just feel like that if you're a wide receiver, Baltimore is not option A for you to go to. I, I just think that that's what it is right now. I love Lamar Jackson. I love what he brings to the table. I just think he's got to work on some things. And, and unfortunately, it's his arm and his accuracy. And like you said, this is about the, the, the salary cap, you know, and next year and the money that, they, that these guys want to earn. This is about the money. And they didn't feel like putting their money on the line and playing in the Ravens system as a wide receiver. So that makes total sense. But we're going to take a quick break. Where should you put your money on the line? Well, there's only one place to do that, and that's at our sponsors, betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL is done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. What up, what up? Welcome back to Locked On NFL on this Friday edition. We got Christopher Carter, host of Locked On Steelers. I'm your boy Q, host of Locked On Raiders, and it's time to talk free agency. Some guys that were free agents that are no longer free agents and some guys that could be free agents uh, on the way. And and what I mean by that is in Seattle, Seahawks, they've been very, very busy. Uh, The word rolled out on Thursday that a defensive tackle, defensive tackle, Jaron, Defensive tackle Jaron Reed, he is actually going to be released or traded. Uh, the Seahawks had hit him up about re- reworking his deal and to try to free up some salary cap space, but the five-year pro said no thanks. Matter of fact, he wants a contract extension. So apparently the Seahawks are going to try to either trade him or flat-out release him. He had six-and-a-half sacks in 2020 for the Seahawks uh, and has 22 career sacks. He's a he's a plug, man, in, that, in the middle of that defense at that defensive tackle position. Really, really good player. So I think a lot of teams are going to be interested on, on him. He put out a tweet. It's been real 12s. Tomorrow at 1, it's official. On to the next chapter. So things are going to move pretty quickly with him. But, Chris, immediately after we found out the news about Jaron, mm-hmm. we also found out the news about free agent defensive end Carlos Dunlap, who the Seahawks had actually released earlier in the offseason, and they said, hey, we want to bring you back. Well, they weren't kidding. They brought him back on a two-year $16.6 million deal with $8.5 million guaranteed, and that's per his agent, the one Drew Rosenhaus. So – there you go. Jaron Reed out. Carlos Dunlap is back. And I guess they said, okay, one guy's out. One guy's going to be in. Yeah, it's very interesting because Jaron Reed's in a very strong position. I mean, he's a guy who's a true pass rusher up the middle, plays defensive tackle. He's 28 years old. So I get him saying, you know what? Yeah, pay me. I'm I'm getting pressure up the middle, which is one of the one of the most valuable things you can get on a defense. Yep. Is if I'm getting pressure up a gap and B and, and you know B gap, if I'm creating pressure there, that's collapsing the pocket. That's creating turmoil 
for uh, you know quarterbacks who even if, if you can escape the pocket the worst thing you can do is get pressure in your face if Jaron Reed's getting that kind of pressure he he wants that kind of money now Grant Garen, you know granted his cap hit this year was $13.5 million according to spot rack as of like you know before him being cut he the 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 Seahawks have like less than $300,000 in cap space. So they needed to make a move and this move saves them, I believe about 8.5 million against their cap. So this will shoot them up and give them enough money to sign their draft picks and, you know, maybe make some other moves to to open up more space for some signings, but this is going to be an interior pass rusher. Well, I guess also, you know, this is going to get wiped out a bit by Carlos Dunlap's contract, but, but this is going to be an interior pass rusher on the market who, could get some interesting attention because there's a lot of teams that want, Hey, like, you know, you cover the Raiders. Uh, they, they need a guy like that. The Steelers, they want a guy who could supplement what Cam Hayward and Stephon to do. So uh, this could be very interesting to see who gets Jay Reed. Yeah, exactly. I think the market should be really, really large for him. Uh, again, I mean, you, you get a guy that can get to the quarterback from the interior, like he can, I mean, six and a half sacks, would have been, you know, pretty high on most teams uh, across the league. Six and a half from the defensive tackle position. Now, if you're Aaron Donald, you're you're looking at double-digit sacks every year, but he's a different dude. He's just an absolute different monster, so you can't compare. But uh, Reed is getting it done, man. It has 22 career sacks. Yeah, I would take that. And, you know, it's funny because as soon as the news came out, I, I tweeted and said, hey, attention Las Vegas, and a bunch of Raider fans hit me, and they're like, oh, yeah, because the Raiders need more defensive linemen because they've been going and been very active, getting one-year deals for, like, Solomon Thomas, uh, you know, getting other guys that are lower less names and just kind of providing some competition. But this is a difference maker. You can't compare Solomon Thomas, who has three career sacks, to a guy who has six and a half just last year. I mean, come on, man. Give me a break. So uh, I don't know. It's not apples to apples. You know what I mean? Like, this is a difference maker. That's a reason why you go and make a move for a guy like that. But regardless what team you're talking about, I don't think there's too many teams across the league that couldn't use a dude who can get to the quarterback from the interior and really help out that push. And that's going to help out the edge rushers as well. I mean, anyone who who knows basic football knows that. So yeah, I don't think this guy's going to be on the open market too long. That's why he was comfortable when he sent out that tweet saying uh, it's been real tomorrow. It's official onto the next chapter. He knows that he'll be talking about that next chapter sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who knows his value. So good for him for figuring that out and putting that out there. Um, really, really good stuff here. But let's let's play a game here real quick while, while we're in this segment here, Q. Let's play a game. We're going to pick two guys who are left in free agency who we do like and one guy who we don't like. Like if we were to, if we were to play GM ourselves. Okay. I want you to lead the way. Who's the first guy that, that's still on the open free agency market that you do like? You know, I'm going to say this, and a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy because he's got a little bit of craziness to him. But I'll say a guy who's a Super Bowl champ, and you know him very well, Antonio Brown. Mm. Antonio Brown is, mm. I mean, he's 33 years old, but he don't look like it. And, and mm-hmm. I, when I mean, I look like it. I mean, when he's on the field and he's running routes and he's catching passes now off the field, he looks like he's about a 12 year old, you know, he's got some real deal issues as far as just maturity and, and handling his business. But the dude served an eight game suspension in 2020. He came back and won a Super Bowl with the, uh, with uh, the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Clearly he wants to return to Tampa Bay. I don't know if that's going to happen or, or not, but I mean, he's, he's in the, in the clear right now and he can still play. He's still a damn good wide receiver, regardless of what you think about his antics. He's a damn good wide receiver. So as far as guys available that you could probably get at a reasonable deal and 33 years old, you feel pretty confident as long as you have a little bit of leadership in that locker room. Like he was really good with Tom Brady. Well, if you're with Tom Brady, you should be really good. So I guess that would be the one asterisk. Like, do you have enough team leadership to keep this guy in check? If you do, 
I think that that's a really, really good scenario. Hell, if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, we talked about them earlier, right? Mm. Why not make a move for, for AB? They got his cousin there in Marquise. That would be really interesting if, if Antonio, ooh, and if Antonio Brown played the Steelers twice a year, oh, the headlines I could get. Oh, I would love that. Uh, so I would cue the, I love you, man. That, that, that's a great, that's a great, that's great talking. I want that to happen. Antonio Brown, go to the Ravens. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, it, you're right. Antonio Brown, he's extremely talented. I mean, in the Super Bowl, arguably the biggest touchdown score to the Super Bowl was at the end of the first half when the Buccaneers established their bigger lead over the Chiefs and Antonio Brown one-on-one with the honey badger Teron yep. Matthew beat him in open space and that's what he brings to you is that and Tom Brady even said yeah that wasn't his design route who cares we're going to have to we're, you know you know he we we knew that he was going to be able to beat this guy and he, he beat him so I gave got him the football and that's what Antonio Brown wants is a guy who can get him the ball like that Ben Roethlisberger did it for what nine years it was just by the by year nine he was just Antonio Brown just imploded and had a whole episode so that's it so I think it's a great pick by you I think that some someone who has an established quarterback you better pick up uh Antonio Brown my first guy off the market Casey Hayward I get that he had a rough 2020 but who didn't have a rough 2020 I mean Q you had a rough 2020 I had a rough 2020 everyone had a rough 2020 I'm willing to give Casey Hayward a guy who's been underrated yet despite being an all pro type cornerback for much of his career I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm signing him to a contract. I may and I may use this 2020 against him as an as a GM saying like, "Hey, you know, we're not going to give you like 10 million dollars a year. Right. We'll give you like 5 to 8, but you can earn that money and 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 reestablish yourself cuz he's also in his 30s as well. So, but Casey Hayward, first guy off my board that I'm saying, "Okay, I think he can still play right now." Yeah, I was surprised when the Chargers let him go, and I'm really surprised that nobody has reached out and, and, and picked him up yet. I'm surprised that he's still on the open market, uh, but he is. You know, he, he absolutely is. So, uh, yeah, I think that that would be a guy that you give him a one-year deal and, and let him go out there and do it. And like you said, not give him a big-time, uh, you know, contract. At this stage of the game, not a lot of t- players are getting big-time contracts, so I think he knows uh, what, what it is, you know, what the money should be. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely uh, give him a call. And I'll stick with the cornerback position when it comes to my second guy. How about Richard Sherman, the old Wiley veteran, Richard Sherman? We talked a lot of Seahawks in this segment. Uh, He was a former Seahawk, obviously a former 49er as well. He brings that veteran leadership. The only thing I'll say about him is he struggled to stay healthy in 2020, and that's probably why you can get him at a decent deal. He's representing himself. So, you know, he's smart enough to be able to know that, hey, whatever deal I get, basically all that money is going to be mine. Um, I think that in the right right fit, he can go and be a really good leader and, and help, you know, help teach a youngster on the come up. So uh, I think Uncle Sherm, man, I think Uncle Sherm would be a good free agent that I'd be interested in. Definitely a good look there. A sneaky get that I think would be really good, Daquan Jones ah. uh, from, from the Titans. You know, We were just talking about Jerron Reed, yeah. Daquan Jones. I think he's another nose tackle. Now, he's more of a run stuffer, but he's a guy that if you can get on the open market, he filled in where the Titans asked him to. Yeah. Um, I think if you get him on the market, you can get him for a great deal. And if you need an interior guy who stuffs the run and helps against the pass rush, I think he had, I think he had two and a half sacks last year. And from a nose tackle, I'm happy with that. That could be a really good guy to add to your depth chart. Even if he doesn't become your immediate, like get all the snaps starter, he could be a guy that could easily fill in, give you good reps in the interior defensive line. And you need guys who can stuff the run. That's why I think he's a sneaky good get. I do too. I think that would be really good, man. And and again, you've got to be able to, you know, uh, win in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line. That's where you really got to, got to win games. And so, yeah, that would be a really good one. Now I got one and I don't have a whole lot to say about him. I got one that I just can't stand. 
and he's out on the open market. And I think he made a mistake. I, I think he should have already been signed. And I think he should have been signed last year. And that's Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. You know, he's out on the open market again. He went to Seattle. They tried to give him a, a deal, a longer deal. And he, he basically thought he was worth more. Then he ends up playing in Tennessee last year. But Cleveland offered him three years and like $56 million last year. And he turned it down thinking that he deserved more money. And he got no sacks for Tennessee. None. He doesn't like training camp. He doesn't like to work. And he gets injured all the time. I'm staying 100% away from Jadavion Clowney. I don't care if he calls my phone. I don't care if he calls, shows up at my doorstep. I don't care if he's trying to knock down my, my window and break in my, my bedroom. He gets no love from me. I, I call the popo on him. You got to come pick this dude up and take him with you. I don't want nothing to do with Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, you call the popo because I listen. If Jadavion Clowney knocks on my door and says, Chris, you better sign me up, he like, uh, listen, officers, they, there is a scary man at my door because that first of all, that guy's a big dude. You still remember what he did in college to that dude from Michigan. That's all I'm, I remember about his career. That's it's all you remember, right? Is that one hit he made? He made one hit in his career. One. <laughs> and it's, his measurables are amazing. His performance in the field, eh. So I'm with you. Stay away from him. My, my guy is Everson Griffin. Um, yeah. Everson Griffin, I think years ago was, was on a great path, but unfortunately I think his mental health is at risk. Um, it has been at risk. It's it, he's led to some episodes that have been very scary for him and other people around him. And uh, last year you saw him bounce between the Cowboys and the lions. Not a good sign. If I'm a GM and and he calls me or his agent calls me, I say, listen, I like that he what he was able to bring on the field, but I am too scared of what might happen if I bring him in this locker room and something bad happens. I need to see that he is taking care of himself mentally before yeah. I bring him into my locker room. So Everson Griffin, my guy to say, just say no to. He's all unfortunately also he's like 33, so he's running out of time to make that deal to keep him around in the NFL and get his last big contract. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that could be very sad, but I think the biggest thing is he needs to protect his, his, uh, his mental health. And, uh, you know, I hope someone can help him get that. Well, I'll tell you, all I need to know is when Minnesota let him go, you know, because yeah. he was a guy that Mike Zimmer, that was his guy, you know I mean? He was, he was tight with Zim. And so when Zimmer let him go, it let me know a lot. And then the Cowboys let him know. I was like, whoa, you know, like that's, that's a, that's a bad situation. So maybe it hasn't gotten any better, even though it looked like he was kind of on the come up and, and doing a lot better, like you said, with the mental health. So yeah, I think that he's a guy, if you go to him, you sign him maybe in training camp because you have a hole because someone got injured. I think he's a guy that sits and waits till after the draft. And maybe if you still have a hole to fill, then you go after him, but not until then, at least not for me. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly with you there. Just uh, again, you just gotta be careful in today's NFL, but, uh, but yeah, man, you know, it's just, so sometimes you need to replenish your, your, your body. Sometimes you need to replenish your mind. And it seems like Emerson Griffin right now, I'd ask him to replenish his mind. Yeah, absolutely. He, he needs to replenish his mind and he can do that just like everyone could do that with Built Bar. <laughs> and we'll tell you about the Built Bar challenge, the March Madness challenge to go along with it. So uh, you'll hear that next. You need a snack that's going to both help you get through the rest of your day, but also be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. There's so much to enjoy. And also... 
Don't forget, they help you lose and maintain weight. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone that's currently on a keto diet. Right now, Built Bar has a special promo code for you to get a great deal on their website. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. This is the Friday edition with Chris Carter and your boy Q. Q, we, let's, let's talk some quick NFL draft notes here because there have been some more pro days this week. We saw Michael Parsons run a sub 4-4, four, four, your 4-3-9, 40-yard dash from a linebacker. Now, this is a this is a guy from Penn State who sat out the season. He opted out from COVID-19. We also saw J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina, he ran a sub 4-4, and he has other great measurables at the cornerback position. More guys keep showing up every week with these great pro day times, but Q, you're, at, you're probably thinking the same question everyone else in America is asking is, how much would these be different at a combine where you weren't at a facility that was trying to help you? Yeah, that's my only question, you know, and I don't want to say that these guys aren't, you know, 100% on the legit, but we know that the combine is what everybody goes by. They go by that with the 40s. They go by that with the measurements, the weights. I mean, everything. So at least, you know, it's all in the same playing field, regardless if it's the exact right time or not. At least it's all the same playing field. And there's nobody that's really not rooting for, but trying to urge their guy on. So we're seeing all these guys flying. I feel like some of these 40 yard dashes, they really might be 35 and a half. You know what I mean? It's like, man, are they really running the full 40? But Either way, I mean, teams are and schools are adapting to the times and, and not having the combine like normal. So you just got to go with what it's what it is. And you also got to trust the film. And like you said, Parsons ran that incredible time. He didn't have any film in 2020. J.C. Horn, he, he he's a guy that you feel like, man, he, he might be the real deal truth. I mean, there's a lot of storylines leading into this this draft and this first round should be very interesting. I don't think it's going to be as predictable as it normally is. You know, I mean, you got quarterbacks, obviously they're going to be the headliner, but you got a deep tackle draft. You got, uh, you know, yeah. linebackers that could go in the first round. Uh, you don't have really defensive tackles. You can, you know, maybe that's another reason why you go get a Jaron Reed or you go get a, you know, someone else that could play that position. Cause you don't have a lot of defensive tackles as far as the draft goes. Um, there's a lot of things to like about this draft and a lot of players that I feel like are really kind of boosting their stock and, one guy that isn't his stock isn't boosted, in my opinion, is Caleb Farley, who's got to have this uh, this back surgery. He didn't even yeah. play in 2020. He's got to have back surgery. He was supposed to be a top 10 pick. I feel like his his stock is really dropping. Yeah. Caleb Farley, really talented cornerback guy. You love his measurables. But, you know, now he he, he didn't even get to really even see his pro day because of this back surgery. And that's that's scary. I, I, I look at that and, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, he's a guy that projects as a top 10 pick right. uh, with this surgery. He may fall into the 20s, uh, you know, or maybe even lower if uh, if teams deem him, you know, too dangerous right. of, a, of an investment, especially, you know, teams that are looking like, hey, when we you know, when you get when you get a top 10 pick, you have to hit there. If you don't hit yeah. there. It sets you back for years. And yep. then, you know, you'll be back in the top 10 like a lot of teams are. Um, like, you know, when, you know, when you're the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Lions, you, you're, you're in that position a lot, but it's because you keep missing in those right. positions a lot. So, um, I, I'm with you. Caleb Farley's a little, a little alarming, but I think that's what raises, you know, a JC Horn's profile where you're yeah. like, you know what, look at that guy. 
He's six foot one. He's 205 pounds. He put up 19 reps on the bench press. He runs a sub four, four forty. He's a good cornerback, talented, played in the SEC. So he knows what competition is like. And, you know, and you could still look at Patrick Sertan, the guy from Alabama. So you could look at those two guys still take him off the board, but maybe that leads to, you know, maybe Caleb Farley falls down the list and someone gets a steal at cornerback. But I think there's a lot of guys this year, especially on defense who might get pushed down because a lot of people there's, there's four, quarterbacks i see drafted in the first round this year q and then i think there's at least five offensive tackles i see getting drafted there as well so now you're starting to push down more and more you know michael parsons how early do you get a linebacker that that's that fast and that big and that talented at penn state even though he didn't play this year and then do you look at jeremiah wusukoromoa from from notre dame and you know some of the other guys there there could be some really good defensive talent that leaks to the bottom bottom end of the first round well, that's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to see teams that want a big-time tackle. They may trade up a little bit. I think you're going to see, obviously, teams that need a quarterback trade up, you know, and all of a sudden you're looking at, like, number 10, and there may not be, uh, you know, a, a guy that you expected to go top five or something. You know, you may be looking up and and uh, and, and see, what's the guy, what's my guy's name? Kyle Pitts. You might see mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts all of a sudden at number 10 or 12, and you're like, wait a minute, why are you still on the board? But it all depends on what the teams that need something and want to jump up and get something, that they could push – push these guys down. Like nobody saw CD lamb going to number 17 last year. And he did, you know? And so the Cowboys got to the board and we're like, Whoa, CD lamb's still on the board. No brainer. Take this guy. So who knows, man? I mean, there could be some real deal talent dropping to the mid of the first round and to the back of the first round. And you man, that's a steal Farley. I, I'm scared to death of him just because of that back injury and that surgery. I mean, backs don't get better as you get older. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a real deal injury. So He's a guy to me that I'm not even taking in the first round, and maybe that's foolish. Maybe I'm going to let a real deal talent go. But if you're having a back surgery already, I'm passing on you. That's, I just got to take him off my board. Medical is something that's important to me. I agree. There's a lot of things that are going to be considered here. We're going to keep talking about the draft in the coming weeks. Uh, but this has been Chris Carter and your boy Q here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to the show. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Radio.com. Check us out next week. We will have a new episode of Locked On NFL on Monday when we're back. And, of course, you can catch us on the Friday edition.